0: In the motherfucking suburbs with it. Raw, ping, bow ba.
1: Hey yo Terry, fuck going on. Hey, how's
2: it going? Prepare yourself for some ignorant shit, nigga. You know what
1: we gonna do? We are going to defend ourselves. Cause new Newton says that power, power is the ability to define phenomena and make it act in a desired manner. Power is the ability to define phenomena and make it act in a desired manner. If we have the ability to define it, the only next thing to do is get organized. Get organized! So when a pig walks up to you, or a pig gets to jiving with the people, you'll be so organized, you'll be learning some tactics, you'll be learning some revolutionary principles, you'll be having some guns hit out somewhere, you have some proper tactics. That when the pig gets to jiving with you, Pig is wrong. You hook your guns out on him, blow him away, and then you have the ability. In fact, you have made that pig act in a desired manner. <laughs> Smoking the fast spliff in the brand new Benz. No ID on the track. Let the story begin. Begin. <laughs> yeah. Looking in the mirror, but I don't see much. Still running the streets, so I don't sleep much. Watching the snakes, so they don't creep up. But the way I'm getting is money, niggas can't keep up. You niggas can't keep up. Niggas got beef, but it can't be much. I'm still walking through the crowds like I can't be touched. Top, back, all black. Gretzky Puck, ice skate a little later might let me fuck, damn, she might let me fuck, last night I cried tears of joy, what did I do to deserve this, around on my wrist a year ago, I didn't even know the bitches exist, quarter milli for the motherfucker, no insurance on the motherfucker, ain't life a bitch, but you gotta keep her wet, Open doors, so I gotta keep a set. Everybody know that I'm a lot of people threat. Biggest smalls in the flesh, living like that to my death. Yesterday I read my horoscope. Tell me, Lord, will I be pouring broke? Tell me, Lord, will I be dealing dope? I wanna take my
0: mama to the Goodbye, but lonely, Lord, low. No. To all the loved ones I leave behind, at least they can't see me. Someone wants to feed me. Why? Not having everything, but ease my mind. If you can read my mind, my God, I'm scarred. I have tattooed tears of joy. Last night I cried tears of joy.
1: What did I do to deserve this? Young rich motherfucker, still uneducated, but damn it, a nigga made it. That nigga made it, crib, nigga in the church, Lord know I'm blessed. Five different lawyers, Lord know I'm stressed. A punch in the face to get you 300K. Ex plan, now you back to make your minimum wage. Another victim of my criminal ways. I wanna walk in the image of Christ. But that bitch, Vivica Nice. And I'm still swimming in ice. I'm just living my life. I'm just living my life. Least Lamborghini for your pussy, Ray. Life is just a pussy race Snatch your bitch, take her back to your place Next morning I can
0: tell you how the pussy tastes I got expensive taste Goodbye To all the loved ones I leave behind At least they can't see me cry And I ask when someone wants to be me Why?
1: But to keep it real, I got to represent for Emmett Till All of dead souls in the field Looking at my rollie, it's about that time White man had a problem with mine And we supposed to be shy The revolution's televised
0: Bobby's still on the rise Goodbye To all the loved ones I leave behind At least they can Someone wants to be me, why?
2: Welcome to a brand new episode of Sophisticated Ignorance I'm back people Uh, We've had a few I had about a month off Um, Episode 12 Like always You can find us at theburbsnetwork.com Which is under construction But you can still listen to the episodes on there You can also find us at theburbsnetwork On social media And on uh, your favorite podcast streaming service You can find me, like always, at Prince underscore McFly. Drop the Y at the EI. I got a special uh, guest in the building today. The The homie Ryan. My dude. How you doing, bro?
3: Having me on, man. I'm good. You?
2: I'm... I'm... I'm decent. We got stuff to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. man. It's been worse days. Mm -hmm. It's been 100% worse days.
3: Yes. It will be better. It may be worse. I had
2: to. So, uh, we talked uh, the day... What was it, uh, my little brother graduation party, or was it, um, no, we talked the two-year anniversary, oh, yep. two-year anniversary, and I was like, man, you need to come on the podcast, yep. and he was like, uh, when I figure out the right subject to talk about, I'm going to hit you up.
3: And you move fast, man, I mentioned you on Friday,
2: you so move <laughs> on Sunday, yeah, you move fast. <laughs> And it was so crazy about it when you hit me up, I was just talking about talking to somebody else about it. No kidding. I got a friend and she's going through it bad. Yeah. So me and her was talking about it. so you might have hit me up like three hours later. No kidding. And I was I like, mind. this is perfect. Yeah. So um
3: about it. I was I was pumped.
2: Because <laughs> once again, like we was talking about earlier. It's a subject that's hard to bring up. Absolutely. Uh, when you bring it up to certain people, they look at you kind of funny, you know. Yeah. But it's like, it's not like that. It's just, you know, I just want to communicate. Yeah. That's the bad thing. I just want to communicate. Yep. Everything I'm thinking, I just want to get out on the table.
3: Yep. I mean, but it is weird when you do approach somebody like that and they give you that reaction. Mm-hmm. I understand what it's like to have somebody approach you that actually cares about you. Mm-hmm. And you're not ready to open up. Yeah. That's a weird feeling. 100%. What do you want out of this? What do you want from me? Because yes. I don't want to give you that personal thing that's like deep, that I think, the thing that makes me me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give you that. I understand why people think that, but when you do have somebody that is ready to talk about it yeah. and just help you sort through it, that's powerful. Absolutely. That's powerful.
2: Yes. So um, the first question I always ask my guests is, who are you?
3: That's tough man, I'm the individual. Um, I'm a caring individual, I'm, I'm that person that I just described where I will go up, go out of my way to go up to people, okay? And see something like if it's weighing them down, mm-hmm. I'm the guy that wants to take some of that weight off, right? Um, I don't know, I'm a people person. I was a middle child growing up,
2: okay?
3: I like connecting with I know how tough it gets, and I know in the moments when it was toughest for me, I was able to connect with people, mm-hmm. so I like to give that back, and I don't know if that's, that's that's me in a nutshell, just the person, Okay. but I don't know, man, I love myself some music, I used to be in a bunch of metal bands. Okay. Um, It's pretty simple, actually. That's about...
2: That sums it up, man. Yeah, so growing up, it was me for 15 years. No kidding. So I do have a little sister on my pop side, Got you. but we have different moms. Okay. So growing up, I really wasn't around her like that. Okay. So it was me for 15 years, no and then my little brother Vonnie came. Okay. Um. So growing up. I've always, even like to this day, I'm to myself. Now, I get around my friends, yes, I could, you know, I will talk and, you know, oh, yeah. be social. But I am like, when I'm at peace, I'm by myself. Just chilling.
3: Same thing. Yep, me too. Because, I mean, you learn it when you become, when you're there by yourself for 15
2: years. hmm
4: You're
3: self-reliant. Yeah, your downtime, and this is before internet. This is before you could just like entertain yourself with anything. Exactly, at your fingertips. Yep, you'd go outside and you'd be bored by yourself. Like you'd go sit in the backyard, mm-hmm. play with the stick. Like, yeah, you'd be by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's when you got clarity. Like, yeah, no one was talking to you. You only got to do what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why you have gotten to do, like, the podcast and have taken this so far. Yeah. When you want to do something, I take it you're going to do
2: it. Anyways. Yeah, I'm going to take it serious. I hate wasting my time. Me too. That's with anything. You waste my time, I turn into a whole different person. Oh, yeah, I get angry. It, because it's like, bro, I could literally be doing anything else in the world, and you done brought me out here to do nothing.
3: It, yeah, because – and then I question the person that is wasting the time. I'm like, how yes. much do you value your time? If you can't understand that this is a, like the small talk when you were just sitting there with somebody that can only have small talk, mm-hmm.
2: like, what are we doing? What are we doing? So like, even like in relationships, I hate wasting my time. Like, bro, you we wasted three months. Why? I could have been, I could have wasted this three months on anybody else. <laughs>
3: Or nobody else. It's think like if I could have had time to myself. But that's what it is. I think, frankly, about the subject that we're going to talk about, I think it's a big thing. Like Relationships nowadays, mm-hmm. there's a million things you can be depressed, anxious about that are going on every single
4: day. Mm-hmm.
3: So I think it's easy to grab onto somebody else because you think that you're sinking. Mm-hmm. It can feel like that. Yeah. It's tough to find the good, redeeming thing. In your daily life, especially now. Exactly. It's easy to find anything bad. You turn on the TV, you can find a million things that are bad. But that's why a lot of people get into shallow relationships is because you feel like you need somebody else to help pull you through. Which I don't, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm better than people. Yeah. I'm saying that's for sure it. But I, I don't understand that. I wouldn't want to jeopardize that person's chances of mm. becoming better or mine by cohabitating together for
2: the wrong reason, you know? That makes a lot of sense. And some people just can't be alone. Yeah. Like, some there's a lot of people who, male and female, who has to be in a relationship. Yep. So from 18 to in their 30s, I have to be in a relationship because I do not know how to be single. It's
3: somebody that's got somebody
2: in the bullpen
3: after one relationship, it's like they're dating somebody
2: Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Bam, 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 bam. I think you lose the ability to actually know who you are when you're constantly, like, you're trying to have somebody else define who you
4: are, Mm -hmm. tell you who you are.
3: So I think when you don't spend time by yourself, that's when you turn 30, 40. Mm -hmm. That's the midlife crisis. Yeah. I didn't even think about who I am. I didn't really take seriously what I want out of my
2: life Mm -hmm.
3: and I'm 30 or 40.
2: And I think us as a people, we put time on everything, so what I mean is like when you're eighteen now you're you got a decision either you go to college, you get a job,
5: mm-hmm. yep,
2: so then, all right, let's say we go to college i'm I graduate at twenty two twenty three yep now it's like, okay, either you stay in school to get you know another degree or whatever. Or you gotta go out in the workplace mm-hmm. Let's say you get another degree Now you're 25, 26 Now you have To go out and get a job
3: Yeah, immediately
2: Because, I'm yeah, you, you, you're behind <laughs> You're behind. So, okay You do that, so now it's like Okay, what's my next goal? Well, you gotta get a house And get a car And be married, have a child All before you're 40 And, you, and it's like, what? And how we, like, being 40, you're still young.
3: Absolutely. You still got youth to you.
2: So why would you, you know? And then the problem comes, like, you doing all these things. Now, say you don't get the best of jobs. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to find yourself in debt. Because you're trying to live beyond your means.
3: Way beyond. Absolutely. Yep.
2: Now... When it's important, when you're 45 and trying to get a house and your credit is fucked up because all those years of bullshitting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, take your time. I
3: think it's easy to repeat the same mistakes that have happened to people time and time. Again. Mm-hmm. That's what we do as a species. Like, there are mistakes that we will always make. Yes. Because we're, although like there's plenty of potential in everybody, we're still limited. Mm -hmm. And we still tend to do and follow the same paths that have been carved before us. Right. So I get why it's easy to fall into that benchmark of, all right, high school's done. You're going to college, you're going to trade school, you're going to go out in the workforce. Mm -hmm. It's like, I understand that there, you can be smart and take your time. Mm -hmm. But it is important that you don't jump outside of your means. Yes. Because if you want to leap into the kids, which, dude, I like kids. Mm-hmm. I would like to have kids someday. Yes. But at the same time, like, especially with the mental health thing, there's still some stuff that I'm trying to figure out for myself that I'm not trying to pass down to them. hmm Because I love my parents, I love my family, but there are things that parents pass down to you, good and bad.
2: Mm-hmm, 100%. percent
3: you got to work through, like, you take the good and you let that carry you, but at a certain point in your life, you got to turn back around, and I think it goes back to your fear of being alone thing. You got to actually face those things that are negative yes. that you got from your parents. Yep. And, and from your childhood, too, like all your influences. Mm-hmm. You got to face that negative stuff in order to move on to the next version of yourself, the yep. better version of yourself. So, man, it's. I, I would like to have kids, but they're, they're, it's such a delicate thing to do carefully and well. I don't think there's any need to rush.
4: 100%. I
3: would much rather have one or two kids Mm -hmm. when I'm in a good spot to raise them, mentally, financially, whatever it is, and I'm actually with somebody I want to be with. Mm -hmm. I'd rather take a risk for that than jump into something I think I need too early and then just try to lock the kids down. Mm -hmm. Because then, God forbid, you start hating the person that you're with You still got those kids attaching you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so much risk involved. And and I get it. People want love. Yeah. I do too. But I'm not willing to rush into it.
2: it. Yeah. I'm just, it's like, we have all this time. Figure out who you are. Yeah. Listen, go travel. You know, Go broke a few times, <laughs> L- like <laughs> lose it all. Absolutely, yes. yes. Lose it all, find yourself. Yeah, man. yes. Go broke a few times, travel. You know, find yourself in multiple relationships. You figure out who, who is best for you. Absolutely, and what you actually like.
3: Yes, because man, I think something like my last relationship ended messy, and partially because I didn't know myself well enough, mm-hmm. and I don't think she knew herself well enough. So then I like, you. You expect them to be the person that you thought they were, which is a crazy thing. Because how the hell are you going to be right about who somebody is on first notice? Yes. Like whatever that thing that drew me to her when I first saw her. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not going to be exactly that you fooled. Like, yeah. This is a complex person that's still figuring themselves out. I think like take that time to figure yourself out, or else. If like you keep hiding those things, Mm -hmm. avoiding knowing who you are. It's going to pop up in your relationships, friendships, in your job. If You ignore it for too long. It's just going to eat away from the inside. Mm -hmm. So yeah, take your time, but it is getting in your head is not always a fun spot to be. (laughs) It does take some, some mental strength to stay there and actually face the things that you're like, all right, what do I got to change about myself? Yes. What should I work?
2: I think my problem was I was content with how life was. Yep. So I was content with my bullshit job. Yep. You know, the pay, yes, the pay was decent. I was able to live with what I was making, but I was miserable going there every day. For sure. I was content with every, pretty much with everything. It was just like, all right. Is life the best? No, but it's cool.
3: Bills are paid. Yeah. I got downtime at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's enough in that because I get it, man. I'm working a job right now. I'm mm-hmm. actually um, supposed to hear back on a, about a new job tomorrow, but I'm at a job right now that it is just taking something from me every day. And after long enough, you're like, okay, I can't take this. For a while, it was cool because mm-hmm. I was just content. Bills were paid. Maybe I had a little extra money. Mm -hmm. I still had my downtime. Maybe there was enough flexibility in my job that I could play with my days. Yeah. It's like, that was cool. But then you realize the person that you are outside of work. I don't want to be that person, that version of myself where.
2: I'm a shitty person. I'm not social. I'm
3: in a bad (laughs) mood. Like, I'm not taking care of myself. All that shit adds up.
2: My last job before I quit, I worked at. First of all, fuck them. I worked at Rockwell Medical. Okay. We made the solutions for dialysis. Okay. So it's and once again, it is a decent job.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: But the people it it's not even the people you work with. Because one of the dudes I work with, uh Shane, he, I do the sports podcast with. Okay. So the my other employees were cool. Yeah. You feel like yep. A wonderful, you know, laugh every day. But though your, the supervisors and plant managers, it was like, bro. Bad, right? It, it's, it's a shit show.
3: Because that's where, like, I, that's the same problem with my company, too. That middle management to upper management level, those are the most miserable people. Yes. Because they, like, they know the job that you had there sucks a little bit more than their job. Mm-hmm. And they sacrifice doing all that daily bullshit that you had to do to move up to that level and be comfortable Mm -hmm. and like have a place there. It's not worth it though. Like once you get into that job, you realize how soul sucking it is because you're managing things that frankly, a computer could do, but you have to pretend like you have value. Yeah. So you're constantly defending a job that you don't even know if you should be there or not. It's like, we don't really need middle management. Like we know what to do.
2: There's literally zero reason to have a supervisor. I know, man. It's literally zero reason. I know. So, it was a supervisor. First off, the job, once again, the job is decent. Pay is decent, whatever. You only work four days. Okay. You got your 40 hours. We work 10 hours a day, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're off. Okay. Sweet. Which is wonderful. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. That's
2: a a dream.
3: That is. Four-day work week.
2: Man, they're doing that like
3: Norway. It's the first country to do that, and it's... Having crazy results on the people's happiness,
2: a hundred percent. But I can't enjoy my Friday because I don't work four days killing myself.
3: Exactly. They still take one day from you.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they do. Friday, I'm recouping. Uh-huh. Now I have one day to you know I have Sunday. You're preparing to go back to work on Monday. Yep. So I have Saturday. That's it. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Man, I-,
3: I get you. I work six days a week technically. So like Sunday. Today, mm-hmm. I'm staying at my place, but I'm calling different people for orders. Okay. But then Monday through Friday, I'm out on the road mm-hmm. to see people. So all I have is Saturday. And I still have a boss that will text and email and, like, try to get shit done on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, you, that's where, like you said earlier, when people waste my time, I turn into a different person. Yeah. I, that's where I get angry. I'm like, man, you have me for six days a week. You don't need that extra one. Like you're just doing this for a report for you. Mm-hmm. My job is done. I don't have to work on Saturday. Yeah. I'm not gonna do anything for you on Saturday. So you could
2: get brownie points.
3: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. To make you look good? Yeah. Nah. Talk to me on Monday.
2: So the shit show began because let's let me was I a good employee? Yes. Did I figure out ways to do my job way easier? So I wouldn't be killing myself a thousand percent. I I found the tricks, and I finesse with my tricks. Work
3: smarter, not harder, man. It's one hundred percent the
2: mantra. And it was a supervisor who who got there. So say I was there for five years. He was there for four years. So I was there longer than him.
3: Gotcha.
2: And I, bro, when I say literally, from his first day being my supervisor until the day. I quit. It was on his mind to get me fired. So for four years, that was his number one goal was to get me fired. And I do not, I am not one of those people who love to bring race into a situation. Like he was white. I'm black. Oh, that's no, he was just a bitch. Regardless <laughs> <laughs> a race. Didn't had, yeah, yeah. It did have right. nothing to do with whatever. Yep. He was just a bitch. Yep. And it was just like, bro. Dude,
3: it's, I don't get it because I think like the middle management thing, it's like a power move. They want to have control over something.
2: What, what they want is, especially if you're coming in late, is, okay, I need to get rid of all these people who was here because they're they not going to listen to me. Yeah. Because I know how to do the job already.
3: i damn sure. I know exactly how much time it takes. I don't need to be here earlier. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. If I'm good at my job, like if I'm actually good at my job, let me go do my fucking job. Like, don't, don't tell me when and where I need to be. Cause I'm aware. Yes. of When and where I need to be.
2: So at first I was on first shift. Then I moved to second shift. Then I moved back to first shift. Okay. And before I quit, I went back to second shift. So it was literally avoiding him. <laughs> so he was my second shift supervisor.
3: Wait, did he did he set the schedule for you or were you doing that to avoid him?
2: I was doing that to avoid him. Gotcha. Okay. So I was on first shift when I first started the job. I may have got into it with like a supervisor or something. So my boss was like, listen, just go to second shift. Help them out a little bit. And, you know, you can come back to first shift. I was just like, fuck it. I stay on second shift. Mm-hmm. But he was so much of a bitch. I was like, all right, I got to go back to second shift. I mean I gotta go back to first shift as okay. soon as I get back to first shift, he moved to first shift no shit. so then this is where I was just all right, fuck this job fuck everybody here so um basically what happened we make these big ass uh five thousand gallon you know mixtures okay so if a bad, if it's a bad tank mm-hmm. you're' lost five thousand gallons. Of product.
3: You can't take anything from that. It's all ruined. Gotcha. It's all ruined.
2: So when I say in five years, I may have had four fuck-ups. Okay. Which is amazing uh, how much people fuck up in this job. (laughs)
3: That's every job, man. It's crazy. (laughs) I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. so, So it's a thing where the plant manager is like, bro, we have to keep him at his job because... He's amazing at his job. Yep. He don't fuck up. If he don't fuck up, I don't have the people in the front office on my ass.
3: Yes. Let me do my job and you will look good at yours.
2: So, so going back and forth. So, something happened on second shift where people was quitting and getting fired and shit like that. So, I was like, personally, I do not want to go back to second shift. Mm-hmm. I want my nights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, they like, all right, we could do a split shift. You come in like at eleven and leave like at eight or whatever, okay. whatever it was. I'm like, deal.
3: Yeah, compromise. I'll take it.
2: I will compromise with yeah. y'all. Yep. So, one day the plant manager not there, and this is literally like the tipping point where I was like, okay, I got a few more months and I'm out. Mm-hmm. I come to work like I always come to work. Um, just so happened at the time I come to work, nope, like there was nothing to do. So I sat at my desk Because I had a desk And I sat at my desk Until it was something to do Mm So then This is exactly what the supervisor Who'd been trying to get me fired for four years Told the plant manager Anthony sat at his desk From 11 o'clock to 3 o'clock And didn't do anything
3: Yeah Okay
2: First off we have cameras (laughs) Second off, you're a supervisor. Why did you let me sit at a desk and do nothing?
3: You just wanted to snitch afterwards. For yep. five hours.
2: Yep. So we was doing the this, this split shifts thing. It wasn't working out because they was being bitches. Yep. Every day they complained to me about something. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So basically, this was a race thing.
3: There was a component there, yeah. I knew it was coming, man.
2: So my boy Shane, who was white, he you know he have a more in depth conversation with Shane than he would with me. Gotcha. He basically told Shane like, "Yeah, we trying to get rid of Anthony." Gotcha, Okay. You know, he bullshit and we trying to get rid of him. We get rid of him, you get a you know you get a raise and shit like that. Oh, he's trying to move money. You be around. you become shift. You you become the uh, line leader because I was a line leader. Ah. So Shane come up to me like, "Hey, bro." They're trying to get rid of you. Just tell them you want to be on second shift. Cause that was the thing. I was like, I was refusing to go to second shift. Yep. Like, bro, why do I have to go to second shift?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't be this petty.
2: It shouldn't be this petty. So I'm like, you know what? I go to second shift. We're on second shift moving perfect. Okay. Perfect. No fuck ups, none of this. So then COVID happened. Yep. So COVID happens. Um when did, so they fully shut things down, like, March 15th, around that time. I say, yeah. So um, our job come back to us, like, maybe a week after that. Like, yo, y'all going to get emergency pay, you know, for risking, you know, y'all lives uh, coming out of COVID, coming to work and shit like that. Okay. So first it was, like, four weeks of it, then six weeks, then eight weeks of it. It stopped at eight weeks, 100%. Yeah. So during that, my mom died. Uh, April 7th I think Was the day she died Took two weeks off um, Well I, I took the two weeks off Because I had to go inside the hospital To um, To say it was her
3: Okay You had to identify okay. I had to identify her Okay And you still had to quarantine after
2: that I had to quarantine okay. after that okay. So it was yep. two weeks off of that uh, I didn't get emergency pay no. They just paid me regular pay I'm like yo, that petty Yeah so, I come back to work, not complaining about nothing, none of this. So then, um, we were supposed to get raises in June. Mm-hmm. So, around the plant, we like they not gonna give us raises because they paid us emergency pay. That's how petty they are. So June come around, we didn't get em- We didn't get no raises. Bingo. Nobody said anything, and this is. They talk to us about everything. When we fucking up, y'all talking to us. At,
3: yeah, we're the first ones to hear about it immediately, too.
2: But nothing. So one day I'm in the uh, lunchroom because it's different, you know, sections in the plant. And the People got different jobs. Mm-hmm. And they was like, my man was like, yeah, I got a raise. I got my raise in June, but they need to give me another raise. So I was like, you got a raise in June? He's like yeah, y'all didn't get a raise. And I was like, that's why people weren't talking. Like, oh, okay. It was my last day working there. No kidding. That day, just yeah, like, I quit. I you. didn't go back. Good for you, man. And I was like, I'm over it, bro.
3: That's like, when it gets too political. You're like, okay, if you're working against me, how are how are both of us going to succeed here?
2: Because what was gonna, what was happening? Shane was leaving. He put in his two weeks. They were so petty with him. I think he was might have been making, at his new job, $15. They weren't willing to match the $15. Hmm. So it's like, okay, so you're about to let Shane go. Shane okay. leaves. Y'all leaving me out here by myself. I'm gone too. I'm out. Yep. So I was going to leave after two weeks when Shane left. Yep. But then I was like, you know what? No. Nah. Y'all didn't want to give me a raise. Not I'm out. Today. I'm that yeah. today. Like. Yep. yep. If it's, fuck, if it's fuck me, it's, it's fuck you.
3: Absolutely. That's where it's business, man. That's where business is cold. Mm-hmm. And, and I got the same thing going on with my boss and my boss's boss. They are just like these old school sales dudes. Mm-hmm. That just think that... Like, I deal with restaurant owners. Okay. And they think that you just need to go and see these people as much as you can. This is during quarantine. Yeah. When restaurants aren't even open for dine-in and they can barely be open for takeout. Yeah. Or... Like, not making their money. They had to fire half their staff.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: and
3: my They're boss, going through it. Absolutely. My boss and my boss's boss are telling us to go open up new, like, go sell to more restaurants. It's like, wait a minute. No, no. You're trying to send me out in the quarantine with no extra pay. hmm And now you want me to go try to get these people to spend money on shit when they don't have money coming in? It's like, no, I'm not doing that. hmm They threatened to write me up four different times over quarantine. So after the fourth one, which was, man, my grandpa passed away, and I didn't do a report by the end of the week because I took two days off to go spend with my family. Mm -hmm. And they threatened to write me up again afterwards. So right when that happened, I was like, you know what? Fine. Like, I started applying for different jobs. Mm -hmm. And now I've got this job on lockdown. I get my offer either tomorrow or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And that's just the thing where... I get to go ahead and just tell them, like, hey, today, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I all, all my restaurants are good. Yeah. Like, you've got all their numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm gone.
2: I I don't respect you enough to give you two weeks. I don't. I don't. I don't. Nope. Because I'm not coming back. No. no. <laughs>
3: and all you're going to do is talk shit about me when I'm gone. Yeah. It's like, yeah I, I appreciate I know how it. this goes. All right. It's like, I know how this goes. And yeah. That's where business is cold. If you want to go and talk shit about me when I'm gone, fine. Mhm. You can be miserable. I'm not going to talk about you when I leave cuz I don't care about you anymore. I don't got to deal with you. Everything's good now. Yeah.
2: So I was just like, man, I got enough to survive. Listen, and my my goal is if I don't make it or make enough, you know, to survive within a year, yes, I find another job. But my goal is to never work again if I if I possibly can. Like, yep. why am I giving? Why am I giving somebody else my my hard earned my hard time? Like, why? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's the thing. Time is the most valuable resource yes. we got. Like money, of course, money makes things easier.
2: Yes, I I would rather ha- I would love to have insurance and dental and yeah. stuff like that. But it's like, if it, I will cool. figure it out. For damn sure. Yes, I will. (laughs) we
3: will figure it out. We've done it forever. Yes. And people have found out how to go ahead and navigate systems for fucking ever.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, And that's what is kind of killer is because these companies will undervalue you. And then you start to just accept the value of your time. Exactly. Because of what they said. Yes. And then if you got people, especially if you're working in a company like you were, and I'm working in a job like Mm -hmm. I am, it's like you think that i don't work hard enough you think i'm not worth the money that you're spending on me and you think that you're gonna get somebody else to fill my shoes Mm -hmm. that you can pay less and have work harder Mm -hmm. like that doesn't fucking exist
2: like a few years ago i hurt my back and i did not miss a day Uh like my back was destroyed it was so bad that i couldn't even enjoy my vacation I had a, like, we took a, uh, one of the things my mom always wanted to do was, I don't give a fuck what y'all do uh-huh. throughout the year. We're taking a week vacation as a family.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome.
2: You feel what I'm saying? Yep. Like, we're going to get a week vacation. Because she was like, listen, I wasn't able to do that with my mom. Y'all will never get the opportunity to say, my mom, I didn't do vacations with my mom.
3: That's awesome, man. You feel
2: what I'm saying? So, like, we had a week vacation, and what's so crazy is my mom didn't even make that vacation because she ended up getting sick with something. I think she had to get like her gallbladder removed or something like that. Like at the last minute, oh. but like throughout that whole week, I could not. I could barely get out of the bed.
4: No kidding, that bad.
2: Yeah, Jesus. It was just like, all right. So I'm destroying my body for y'all, and it's just like, oh.
3: yeah. And you're still gonna yell about the same stuff. It's still gonna be just as big of a deal. Mm-hmm you're going to be just as disappointed in me no matter what I do. It's like, that is, that's, that's, you're working for a miserable fucking person. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose to go out for your job. You did. And now if you want your job to go a little bit better, maybe treat the people around you with a little bit more respect Mm -hmm. and then you'll get it in return.
2: It's like, it was one of those things. Like, I guess the plant manager, um, when he became plant manager, he was able to stay because, He was saving the company so much money by cutting out overtime. Ah, Overtime was cut out completely. So when I got there, there was zero overtime. Unless it's an emergency and we have to work more overtime. So then, a few years in, the owner got kicked out. Because he was so money hungry and cutting loose ends and stuff like that. Like, it was no cameras in the building. It was like he didn't give a fuck as long as product got out
3: Ooh, like sweatshop stuff man that he, is dark he didn't
2: That's give a dark. fuck Yeah, it was just like as long as I'm making money I don't give a fuck
3: yeah exactly as long as it looks good on paper at the end of the month
2: there yeah. wasn't uh, an attendance policy none of that it, it was literally like you just you in that bitch <laughs> So they they walked him up out of there. So they voted him uh, the board voted him out. So new people came in there and they was making trying to make changes to make it a better work environment. But once again, if you still got a plant manager that's a bitch, and you got a supervisor that's in there that's a bitch, mm-hmm. and they in cahoots being bitches.
3: How do you think they held on to their jobs for so long, man? It's that's the thing. When you got shitty people that are. Upholding a broken process in the mm-hmm. company,
4: no
3: matter how much, no, no matter who like comes into the company and is motivated to try to make it better or try to change it, you're not going to be able to. Like they tried to
2: put a attendance policy. Like, yeah. It didn't work at all because yep. what you're going to do? You're going to fire all of us? <laughs> We're used to not yep. coming to work on time.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. And that's just thinking that from a manager's perspective that they can just tell people to change. Yeah. It's like what? Like, if you have kids, especially if these managers have kids, you gotta know when you tell somebody in a mean way to do something, it's the last thing they're gonna wanna do.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, okay.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take an extra 15 minute break, just because you told me to go do that thing right now.
2: Like, we, so what we would do, cause y'all not y'all bullshitting us all through, you know so we would take advantage of certain things that we would take advantage of, like yep. If I got a 30-minute lunch, I'm going to take a 45-minute lunch. Yep. Yep. Is production still getting done? 100%. Mm-hmm. So now you're snitching on us because we're taking a 45-minute lunch.
3: Treating people like numbers, man. They're just looking at, like, productivity rates on the reports. Well. mm mm-hmm. Cut out time here. and Cut out time here.
2: Bro, don't 15 minutes, even if I was in a factory, I'm, I'm not doing nothing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm walking around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because was that time for it in every job. Like, no, man, it's crazy. I can't say the name of the company, but mm-hmm. one of the jobs that I had, um, I worked from my apartment. And they gave me all the technology. Computer, mm-hmm. they had software on my phone. Okay. They had geographic tracking. They had audio recording and they had video recording. So whenever I was on my computer or whenever I was on my phone, mm-hmm. like, they could track where I was and what I was doing. Mm-hmm they were tracking the amount of keystrokes dude the amount of time i spent on web pages i found that out and i was like this is insane you're trying to gauge productivity of people that first of all i drove i drove around a ton for my job mm-hmm. you're trying to gauge productivity by monitor, monitoring my every second that i'm plugged into technology first of all i can whiz around web pages and get stuff done faster than most of the salesforce because mm-hmm. they're older than me. yeah. And I just, I have an advantage there, so I don't spend as much time on the computer as other people do. Mm-hmm. And I got dinged for that. It's like, okay, this is, that's too much. Yeah. First of all, if you're going to monitor me that much, how little trust do you have for me? And then I started to shut my location services off on of my phone so they couldn't track me. Mm-hmm. Then they just randomly started drug testing me. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that is where I realized that business at that level is cold. And even if they say they care about you and they mm-hmm. want a good employee and they want it to be a good work environment, it's not always true.
2: 100%. So, let's get into the mental, t- mental health yeah, conversation.
3: Good intro. That was a long segue, though. Hey. <laughs>
2: like, like I said, I, w- when I have people on here, I just would like to have conversations with people.
3: Dude, well, you and I have never had like a fully one-on-one conversation mm-hmm. either. Yeah. I'm glad we started off like that.
2: Um. How do I want to start it off? When did you notice you was having like mental health? Uh, what let's say problems. I don't. I don't want to say problems, but I
3: can't. Wish, no, it is. That's exactly. Okay. What it um. Not, not until long after the things that I experienced had happened. It's probably like. 23, 24 is okay. when I first realized the, the magnitude of it, okay. how bad it was, and how much it actually affected me. Mm. Um Been slowly peeling it back, you know, as time has gone on, mm-hmm. and it makes me realize how bad it actually was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 24 is when I realized it, but I also knew that, like, I had social anxiety. Okay. Which, it doesn't... I'll go into any room and talk to any. I'm a sales guy. I, I can go out and talk to people just on a whim, mm-hmm. and I can usually get people to open up and have genuine conversations.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but there's still like there's still that social anxiety. I realized it when I was in college and I was going out to the bar all
4: the time. Mm-hmm.
3: College, I was in the zone. Like I just go out to the bar, and I knew bartenders, managers, people that worked there. Mm-hmm. Had a ton of friends. I was just a bar star up with people Mm -hmm. almost at will which and it's because i was hammered so all my anxiety was down
2: yeah
3: okay there's something to that not that i want to act drunk every day Mm -hmm. but i know like i'm more anxious obviously when i'm not drinking booze so i started to drink less when i got out of college Mm -hmm. and i started to really like pay attention to the anxiety and when it kicked in and started looking into how i can better it and things i can do for it Mm -hmm. um so it's been, I mean, I've been really working on it diligently day by day for about seven years. Okay. Um, but yeah, 24 is when it when it became glaringly apparent that it was real.
2: I think around that time, I think, so like I said earlier, um, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but my auntie and my grandma died 18 months apart. Yep. So it so basically what happened was like um I was real close I'm real close with my auntie. Mm-hmm. So that was the person I was able to talk to and laugh with and all that stuff.
3: She saw you for
2: you. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. So when she died, it kinda like I suppressed my emotions. Absolutely. Like instantly. Like, I didn't cry, nothing. Even though I'm sad or whatever. Yep. I instantly suppressed my emotions. Yep. So then, like, I want to say my grandma told us she had cancer. I want to say we found out about it around the time my auntie died. But let's just say we found out a couple months after. Okay. So... My grandma's initial thing was, fuck this shit. I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. It's going to take me out. Yep. So, at this time, my little brother is maybe one. So, my mama was like, listen. No. That's not about to happen. Mm-hmm. You lost a daughter. I need somebody here to help me raise, you know, Viney. We're going to fight this shit. There we go. So, um... So she like, all right, fuck it. So to kind of like reverse from the cancer thing, my grandma found a lump maybe a year prior to knowing she had cancer. Okay. She went to the doctor. Uh, what is the? I don't know the procedure they do to uh to scan it.
3: Mastectomy is that what it's
2: called? I I can't think of the word, but whatever it was, they scanned the wrong breasts and was like, you good? So say if it was the right one, they scanned the left oh, one. No. I was like, "You good?" So my grandma like, "All right, yeah, okay, whatever." But the lump kept getting bigger. So I would say like a year, year and a half. She went to go get it checked again, like a year and a half later, and I was like, "Oh shit, you got cancer." So now it's just not. We find we found the lump. We're gonna work on it. You know, we you good. So now she's like in stage three Instantly Like jump feet first In the stage three cancer Uh, Did chemo Did uh, radiation They had to remove the breasts All that And uh, Basically what they say is Once they cut you open It's over Like once the air get to your blood And all that shit And cancer It's gonna spread so, once they cut her breast off, it spread. So, 18 months later, my grandma dies. So, once again, that's, that's my guy. Like, that's my girl. Yeah. it's my grandma. Yep. She helped raise me. Like, my auntie and my grandma helped raise me with my mom. So, it's like, all right, once again. But now, it's more of a thing like, shit, I'm older. I got to help my mama with my little brother. So, she took it harder. Because she lost her mom and her sister back to back. Yeah. So my mom went into a deep depression. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those things where you say like. When you say um, while you're in it, you don't notice it. Very Uh, much so. While you're in it, you don't notice it. It's just every day, whatever. It's a new normal. And then once you get out of it, you look back and you like Shit. I was depressed. Yes, the amount of things that you can look
3: back on, and the amount of moments you can pinpoint—that's mm-hmm. depressive behavior. Mm-hmm. That's very depressive behavior. You think about how you felt in the morning. You think about how tough it was for you to sleep. You think about the stuff that you were eating. Mm-hmm. Like you think about the stuff that you weren't eating. Like there's, it got so bad for me for a while. It's like my stomach would say that I'm hungry, but my brain would in such a depressive state, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, like I'd, I'd guilt myself out of ordering delivery food because I didn't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the energy to get up and eat anything. So I'd just go snack on something in my cupboard which I didn't have much to actually just eat that was readily, readily available. Mm-hmm. Lost a ton of weight, man. And it, like, bad, bad weight. And mm-hmm. y- you don't realize that that's not normal behavior because I think it's just your survival instinct that kicks in. It's like, hey, we just got to keep moving regardless of what the pace is, you just got to move moving. Mm-hmm. And you don't take that second to be like, hey, like, what do you actually need? Like, slow down. This isn't right for you. This isn't normal. Mm-hmm. It, it is, It, it's tough to look back on that. So when you look back on that stuff, I mean, are you able now where you're at? Are you able to so, look back? That's just the beginning. You? So ah, it was like, my bad.
2: yeah, so we went through that. Um, another major death I don't want to get into happen. So now at this point, I don't lost three of the four people who basically raised me. Yep. So it's like, okay. And once again, it's I'm not letting no emotions out. No like they done die, I cannot cry. Like I can't even force myself to cry. It's just um everything is just stuck in. Yeah. So what I figured out is I have a real uh, I have a, a addictive personality. So when I'm into something, I am into it. Me too. Into it bad.
3: I will figure out everything as quick as I can. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yep.
2: So originally it was uh sports cards. Got you. Okay. So I was heavy in sports cards. As I got older, I got out of it and went into instantly went into gym shoes, mm. so it was like buying gym shoes, buying gym shoes, buying gym shoes. So basically, somebody had broken into my uh, apartment I had and stole all my shoes, and it was like I instantly no, I went into shoes and I went into working out. Okay, so I had lost like hundred pounds before.
4: No
2: shit, I was like twenty three or something like that, and it instantly not even working out, running. Like, I will literally run every day. No kidding. And I lost 100 pounds. Like, I had to run every day. Instead of running emotionally, you ran physically. I got you. Just ran. Yep. So, lost 100 pounds. And then I got back into, once I got out of running again, I think I may have pulled something or something. So, I got back in the shoes. Mm -hmm. And somebody uh, broke into my apartment and stole all my shoes. Mm -hmm. And that day, I just felt like, Everything just hit rock bottom.
3: Yeah, everything was ripped out from you. Everything you love. Yeah.
2: Because it felt like, damn, I did all that years of working and built up all these shoes and shit, and it's gone.
3: Yeah, yep.
2: So then, my mom was like, listen, start over. Come move back. Yes, you don't want to be a grown man living with your parents. But listen, come back home. Start over. And boom, boom, boom. So, that happened. Um, I got this whole ass, the the job I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I felt for a time, mentally, I was doing great. And then this time, I may have started doing podcasts and shit like that. Okay, so you found something you like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, I'm good. But then, like, I would say... Around last year, around February, Uh it just got dark. Like, I didn't want to do podcasts. When I say every Sunday for me to do a pod, it was like, bro, I do not want to do this shit.
3: You had barely enough energy to do the things that you need to do to keep you alive. Like, (laughs) is that the point that you were at? Yes,
2: it's just like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do this part. I just literally want to be in my room all day. I don't want to take a
3: shower. I've been there, man. I've been there.
2: I, I, and it's like, I want it to be dark.
3: And you're tired for 16 hours a day, too. Yes. No matter how good you sleep, good. If you sleep eight hours at night, it doesn't matter. You wake up for a couple hours, and within a couple hours, you're you're, like, you're um, back. going to take a nap.
2: You're back tired. So I'm like, bro, what the fuck is wrong with me? Uh-huh. But I'm continuing to, to, to do it. Yeah. It, it was basically like... Wake up, go to work, come home, go to sleep.
4: Yep. Yeah.
2: I would do, or wake up, go to work, come home, do whatever I got to do with the podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm going back to sleep. It's yes, I, you know, I pop out, but when I'm popping out, I'm drinking more. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying, like, and I'm, I'm glad that my addictive personality never got into hard drugs or anything like that. But it's because I've seen it growing up.
3: Okay, yeah, you had early warning signs. Yes. Yeah. Yep.
2: I've seen people what drugs could do to families and shit like that. Yep. Like my little brother pops, he was on drugs bad, so it was just like, I never want to, yeah, be in that position.
3: Scared you early enough.
2: I don't. I don't want something fucking me up. Controlling me so bad that it's fucking up my family.
3: Yeah. My par- my family has to be embarrassed for me. Like, that's... I yeah. can't... As a man, I can't do that. Yeah. Like so, my pride gets in the way too much.
2: So, it was just like, okay. Boom, boom. So, then... February, March, I'm dealing with that. One, then COVID hit. So, now, I definitely can't do nothing else. I can, there's no going back outside. Yep. So, all it is is... uh podcasting a little bit working and I'm in the crib yep. so then my mom died once again literally I find out she died I cry a little bit and I shut it off
3: You're back into survival mode again
2: and I instantly was like you gotta take care of your little brother you gotta make sure he good before you good whatever he needs to do to get out of high school and make sure he good mm-hmm. now that's when you're, that's it. that's instant what I thought that emotional shit cut that shit off bro but
3: that's real strong of you I, mean, yeah. I hope you do take credit for that mm-hmm. for stepping up to the plate because when heartbreaking shit happens there's inevitably one person in the family that does step up and the responsibility falls on them
4: mm-hmm. you knew what was
2: gonna it was going to be instantly
3: but unfortunately you weren't able to take the time yeah. to agree. Have the balance there, so I'm so, glad you stepped up to the plate, though that's huge,
2: man. So now we're dealing with COVID. Lost my mom, who's my best friend ever, oh. the person who I could talk to. Just like, like the older I got, the more I could talk to her.
3: The respect grew and grew and
2: grew. 100. Yeah. So then, so now she's gone. We're stuck in the house. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I at that point I was like, okay, I got to stop doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I, we took a break from doing podcasts. It was, I would say, it got to the point in podcasting where it was like, I want to quit. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Yep. Yeah, the at the point, I think at that time, we might have been at 70 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck it. Fuck all that time we spent doing that shit. I'm out. I can't do this shit no more. Did
3: you think of it like your shoe collection? Is that kind of what you, what you felt?
2: <sighs> like- I think, I would, No. When I looked at it and I was just like, I instantly looked at it as a job and not something I love doing. Okay. Yep. So when there's something you love doing, you don't care about getting paid from it. You don't care about the uh, the accolades from it. You just love doing it. It's a passion. Yep. So when I got down, it was instantly like, bro, why are you wasting your time doing this? You're making $0 from it. You wasting all this time. It's just the negative is... Right there.
3: And that's the only voice that's in your brain. That's the only voice that's talking, yeah.
2: So all you hear is a negative, so it's just like, fuck, is it right? I don't know, you know? So it was like, you know what? Let's just take a break. Yep. Before I say something that I'm going to regret. Yeah. Like, fuck the Burbs Network, I'm out.
3: Yeah, yeah. Don't want to walk on it like you did mm. your job. That sucked, exactly. You actually like podcasts.
2: Yeah, so... Yeah. um yeah, so from that point Until now It's just really like I do not know how to It's just All that shit is just balled up And I do not know how to release it So, some weeks is great Yeah I'm feeling amazing, it's cool But then it's some weeks Where it's just like Fuck everything
4: Yep. Oh yeah
2: It's just like, everything is just it's like it feels mentally like being in Seattle, because you know it always rained in Seattle. It's all it's like a misty, it's like a misty hue that's a always. Good,
3: in It's ho- a good analogy. That's a good analogy. That's how yeah, it feels sometimes. Absolutely, how it feels. It's gray. It's just it's damp. Mm-hmm. There's no sunlight coming through. Man, I, you touched on something really important because. When you are in those kind of deep spots and it's only the negative side of your brain talking, mm-hmm. food doesn't taste the same. Colors aren't as bright. Like, the things you laughed at aren't funny anymore.
4: The music mm-hmm. that
3: made you hype isn't good anymore. That's how bad depression can get because it takes the joy. There's nothing positive about anything. Your podcast that you love doing, there was nothing po- like, your brain wasn't thinking about the positive aspects of
4: it. Mm-hmm. It's
3: just like, I'm not making money and it's wasting It's wasting my time. Why am I doing it? Which is not true. Yeah. And that's, what's tough, man. When you're in those like dark, dark spots, you're not your thoughts. It's tough to understand that. Cause mm-hmm. I, when you're sitting in it, you can't understand that because you think in those moments, what's the point. And frankly, Kind of a dark point about it. People who think about suicide, or people who commit suicide. In those moments when depression is so bad, they're asking themselves, "What's the point? What's the point of life? Mm-hmm. And when you're that depressed, you can't ask yourself that question.
2: 100 percent.
3: Because the, the point to life when you're depressed is that you're depressed. You just think that you're going to be depressed for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Depression is like therapy is amazing for it. If people can go to therapy, they can Mm -hmm. get out there and afford it, that's awesome. If not, find yourself a friend that you can talk openly with. Because when you can actually have a truthful conversation about what you really feel,
4: Mm -hmm. like
3: you could talk to your aunt and your grandma, it's like that is, you know how recharging that was. Mm -hmm. You just get something off your chest because the weight wasn't there anymore.
2: And that's what I had with my mom. It was like that, like the conversation I had about time. Yep, people rushing things. Yep, that was like one of our last major con- conversations we had with each other. Wow, it it is just like yo, and like I've never had the suicidal thoughts. Nor have I, but I've had thoughts of like not once again, not suicide, but. What if I'm not here? What if I was never here?
3: You never wanted to cause harm to yourself, but, yeah, you take yourself, like, out, out. of the world. yeah. I get it. I get it. Because I haven't had the suicidal thoughts either. I've had people in my network that have committed suicide. hmm So, and my little brother, too, he's had a few people in his network that have committed suicide. And so he and I had like a two-hour conversation about it. hmm he and I have never thought about doing it because we don't A, we couldn't hurt the people around
2: us. And that's my thing.
3: That's what it is. Because just because I have this pain does not mean I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and disperse it on other people. Yes. And I so I talked to my brother about it. We wanted we wanted to know like why it happens. Okay. Or why people get there. Because it's a terrible place to be.
2: Because at my lowest, I still like at my lowest I still enjoy certain things. Yeah. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I still enjoy listening to Jay Z music. Yeah. And I could be at my lowest. Yep. Or I still enjoy buying new shoes. Yes. At my lowest. It's, but so it might I could have
3: been as fun or as good as it was before. Yes. It's still enjoyment.
2: It's still enjoyment. Absolutely, there. I get you. So it's never a point where it's just like like I still look to the future. Of stuff I want to do, Good for like, you. like we supposed to have a Japan trip in a couple of months. We don't know if we're going, yeah, of course. But it's like I'm still looking forward to things.
3: Which is, dude, that is the most important thing. Have something to look forward to. And I think when you're when you are depressed,
4: mm-hmm.
3: it's tough to look too far forward because you can barely make it through the next hour without going back to sleep.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like you can barely make it through. The work day that you're about to go to, so like shorten that time frame. Don't think about where you're going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. Like think about what you can do better one thing the next day. Yeah, something slight just to keep you moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you're not sitting in the same spot and you end up falling backwards. Yeah. But another thing, like the fact that you said you still haven't, you had enjoyment for those things, like Jay Z and then shoe shopping. That is. To a point that you made earlier, too. You said sometimes, like, lose it all. Lose everything you got. When you do lose everything that you have, you realize exactly who you
4: are. Because mm-hmm.
3: you strip away materialism mm-hmm. at its finest. And then it's just you sitting in a room with yourself. It's like, okay. So now, reassess, what am I? It, like, what do I got?
2: Like, the, the first thought is... Am I gonna sit here and be this person who has nothing at all, or am I gonna dust myself off, like, oh, what I'm gonna do next is gonna be bigger than what anything I did before?
3: Because now I know more, now I'm more prepared for that thing. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's what kills me, man. Is there like our generation? You see a lot of people that are anxious, depressed, and that kills me mm-hmm. because. Life is tough. Like, I think people who aim to be happy, that's a tough goal. Mm -hmm. You're not always going to be happy. You just got to be able to appreciate the moments of happiness that come your way. Like, you got to have, you got to be present enough in the situation to understand that when something makes you happy, you feel that recharge. Mm -hmm. You smile to yourself. You're like, that was cool. I'm glad I got that. Yeah. And then you just keep moving forward. Because you keep getting stronger. Life doesn't get easier. You mm-hmm. just keep getting stronger. Like when you, were working at, when you were running, the running didn't get any easier, but you could run further and further distances mm-hmm. as you kept running every day. Mm-hmm. It just builds. If you keep putting your effort towards something, you get stronger or better at it. So that's, like, that's what kills me is I understand why people want to just sit still and they don't want to have any responsibility
2: They mm-hmm. don't
4: chase
3: any of their dreams. Life's exhausting and it can drain you if you let it.
2: But it's Especially if you have something that's just keep knocking you down. Absolutely. Like you're almost there and you get knocked down, of course you wanna be like, Man, fuck it. I might as well stay here.
3: Yep. I might as well stay
2: right here because what's the point of going up the top? It's gonna be something up there to smack me down.
3: Exactly, because there is every time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But sometimes like and you don't always have the luxury to do this, but if there's like a job like you had, like I have, Mm -hmm. where Inevitably, you're going to be held down by management. Yes. When you can, get a different job. Mm -hmm. Just look for a different job. Start there. Because you know that you're limited where you are. And And I
2: think that was my problem. Where I just got comfortable.
3: Yeah. It's easy, to
2: It's it's easy. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to block out whatever the fuck they got to say. (laughs) And I'm just going to do my job.
3: Because I know why I'm here. Yeah, justifies the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's easy to get comfortable. That's why I'm still at this job because I got comfortable for a while. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, like we said, you don't realize how bad it is until you can look back on it. Yes. And now I look at the unfair treatment that has happened over the past two years that I've been at this job. Yep. It's like, yeah, no, you want a different life. You don't want this to be your existence, or else you're going to turn into the person. Yes. Nightmare to you. Like that's not cool. You're not Mm going to want that. So, just, that's something to look forward to. In that situation, if you're held down by a shitty job, sometimes that job is all you have. Mm -hmm. Like, as depressed as you can be, or as upset as you can be, I tend to approach everything in my life, wouldn't I want this to go well? Whatever it is, it's like, I want this to go as well as it possibly can. Mm -hmm. So, the effort that I can put in To make it go well, I'm gonna do that. Let everybody else throw in their shit that's gonna try to mess it up or like, you know, tell me that I'm bad at what Mm,
4: I'm doing, mm -hmm. or like,
3: you know, anything that's gonna hold me down, I don't care because I know that I go in there prepared to do the job. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it the way that I know how. And then when you do things, not even just the job, but like when you go hang out with family, when you go hang out with friends, like when you do a podcast. You want it to go well. You don't yeah. you don't just want to sandbag it. You don't just wanna like half ass what you're doing.
2: And like the feeling you get when you know you done done a good a good one, it's like, yo,
3: woo. Yes. And then you realize the work that you put in to get there. Yes.
2: Like,
4: it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. It was all
3: worth it. Even though I was tired and I didn't necessarily feel like it, it was worth it. hmm Like people that go to the gym. Getting up and going to the gym is the hardest damn part of going to the gym.
2: A thousand percent.
3: But, at, but the people that keep doing it, when you get there and you're done with the workouts, you feel a ton better than when you did when you were thinking about going to the gym. hmm So it's like just do, it's like, it's what they call the 80-20 rule. Do the 20% that will get you the 80% of the results. Yep. So getting to the gym is the 20%. And then getting to the gym and starting a workout. Is the mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you just do that. You're going to get the 80% of the results that follow. It's
2: all about taking small steps. Yes. To, you know, you don't have to take a giant leap to get something
4: done.
3: Progress, not perfection, man. That is absolutely what it is. Day by day, small things. Mm-hmm. Don't compare yourself to anybody else.
4: First, Compare yourself
3: to exactly yes. who you are right now. Like, and who you were yesterday. Because who you were yesterday, you can always be better than that person. Yes. But when you compare yourself to somebody else it's like that, mm. you, know you might be the same age
4: mm-hmm.
2: in
3: the same company. Your lives are extremely different.
2: Everybody book is different.
3: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And I learned that in the past few years. Everybody book is different. Maybe in a they book, they become millionaires at 22. But in your book, you're going to become possibly at 50. But that feeling they got, you're going to get that feeling. Is it gonna take more work, possibly? Okay, mm-hmm. but you have to be prepared for that. Yeah, you can't look at their life and be like, "Oh, that sh- oh shit." They did that at twenty two. I can do it at twenty two. You might not have the same, you know, the advantages. Foundation. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Where Where was your family? Like, where? What advantage do you, did you get from your family being where they were when they had you? Like, so, my parents were. Middle class, lower middle class. Mm-hmm. So, like, financial, there was no real financial advantage to, um, I didn't, there was no generational wealth. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Some people that do have that, I obviously looked at those people and I was like, man, I would want that. Mm-hmm. But also, there were cool things about my life that weren't money related. Exactly. And it, money wasn't just going, like, money would take the place of those cool things. Because I had sat in the yard out there and just mm-hmm. like, played outside. And I got to have that kind of freedom. Mm -hmm. It's also because we didn't have money to go and spend on a ton of toys and, like, everything that you wanted to go and furnish yourself Mm -hmm. and entertain you. It's like I actually got to know myself by being bored as a kid and not having things.
2: Or, like. And
3: appreciate things differently.
2: Due to me being middle, you know, lower class. uh, So, I grew up in Oak Park, Southfield. Basically the same place. Yep. Sure. So from like the second grade to 11th grade, I went to Oak Park schools. Okay. So I graduated from Pontiac Northern. So I looked at it like, and some of my closest friends today is people I met in that school mm-hmm. that I didn't even want to go to. Yeah. But I look at that and be like, if I wasn't in the situation I was in, I would have never met these people. There we go. You feel what I'm saying?
3: Trade-offs to everything. That's why my life, everybody's life is hard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take long, as we're showing in this conversation, it doesn't take long when you actually sit down and you actually talk to somebody to find tragic things that have happened to them, mm-hmm. either when they were a kid or very recently yep. in their life. Life is hard for a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Life is hard for all of us. Yes. Everybody experiences hardships. Here, mm-hmm. where you fall you know, where you live, yeah, across the world, it doesn't matter. But at the same time, I wouldn't trade my life, or I wouldn't, I don't ever look at anybody and I'm like, I want to trade my life for theirs. Because I don't know what their life like, is. Like,
2: and I enjoy my life. I do too. Like, exactly. even with the bullshit that comes along sometimes, I 100% enjoy my life. I love my friends, yep. uh, my family, yep. even though we don't see each other a lot, like, I enjoy them. I would not trade these people for nothing in the world.
3: Exactly. Yep.
2: Yes, do I look at people who had, like, huge families and are always, who could be around their families? Yes, I am so jealous of that. Like, my family has never had a family reunion. On my mom's side, I cannot think of no family reunion ever. My family hasn't either. Uh, On my pop's side, once again, I wasn't able to enjoy those things because me and him had a situation. But, it's just like, what else is like, but if I had those things, maybe I would have probably been different. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I grew up on my pops, my pops side of the family. I will be a totally different person than I am now.
3: Absolutely. It's the thing. The things that I like about myself, I'm not willing to trade
2: those
4: Yeah, away.
3: Cause I do. I, I'm, I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy with where I've gotten at this point in my life. Like I am happy with who yeah. I am. I treat people with respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, seem to respond to me well enough. Um, it's just, yeah, there's so many things that I do enjoy about the character that I've cultivated. And you too, man, Nick, like you, you should definitely be proud of what you've done. Yeah. It's, your independence is really shown through, especially in your work.
2: Like, five years ago, this type of conversation would never, like me interviewing somebody, I hated interviewing people. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like, I didn't want to do the work that went with interviewing people, the research. The research. Yep. I didn't want to talk to you because I was bad at it. Yeah. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out a way to interview people that is comfortable for me.
4: Yeah. Yep.
2: Because for some people, having a sheet of paper in front of them, asking them questions, that's comfortable. But me just talking, I could do that with anybody in the world. Me too, man. And that's why, yeah,
3: I think this format is good, especially if you have, like we were talking about earlier, you got to have somebody who's ready to be a willing participant. Because mm-hmm. you don't even call it an interview. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like you're just openly, I mean, we had an aim of what we wanted to talk about yeah. out of the gate. But we talked about something for, what, 30, 45 minutes that wasn't exactly what we wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a good foundation for the conversation that we are now in. Exactly. Th- th- this approach is good because it's natural for you, man. Mm-hmm. You just let it flow. You tie things in well. So, yeah, it's – this is uh, – you've really found a way to take what you're good at and your strengths and actually do it well.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I I just think um, – I want to, how like with me? It took me so long to get these type of things out. You feel what I'm saying? I don't want that to happen for my little brother, yep, or a cousin who need to talk, or a nephew, or a friend. Yep. I so it's like I just want to be like, listen. If you need to talk, talk. Because in uh, I don't know how it is in your culture or you know, but with black people, it's it's like, no, nah, we don't, you know, you don't bring shit up. It's- my
3: family didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the ones that has been talking about it mostly with my family. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the middle child. I'm the one that everybody came to when I was younger anyways. I was a little mm-hmm. So now I've changed the conversations to, now that I understand myself, yeah. I understand, like, the things that trigger my anxiety, mm-hmm. the things I did when I was depressed. Now I can see who I got those from those things back to people so I can actually approach them and talk about my, like, mental health. Say, hey, here's something I noticed about myself. I want your opinion. Yeah. So you can kind of, like, dabble in the waters and I'm not like, hey, I'm going to break you down and tell you or mm-hmm. I need you to talk to me about what you have yeah. going on in your mind. It's not a very open
4: conversation. 100%.
3: Yeah. It, frankly, man, culture aside... I know why it's a, a tough conversation. Like nobody, <coughs> excuse me. Nobody wants to look at themselves that deep into their soul if they're not used to doing it, and having to be that honest and the things they don't like about themselves.
2: It's a vulnerable, being vulnerable type thing. Bingo. Yes. You do not want to be vulnerable.
5: Yep.
2: It's like like uh we were talking about relationships. You never you, you look at it like I'm the man in a relationship. I don't want to show no vulnerability.
3: That's old school man mentality.
2: It mm-hmm. that is that is. Which is terrible. It is. Because you're, you know, you're rotten on the inside. Absolutely. If, especially if you have to open up about something. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. You, it's so guarded. Mm-hmm. and just, it, listen, man, I respect, I respect how hard working someone that are that rigid. Mm-hmm. But th- those aren't the people that I want in my life. Yeah. I need the people that are going to be honest with themselves and honest with me.
2: It's not 1960 anymore. No, it's
3: not. No, and we have like our generation is focusing on mental
2: health.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We are actually one of the first generations to have the data just available to us, mm-hmm. and it's. I mean, you and I are doing this right now. We can actually talk about the subject, yeah, like, openly, and actually explore it. and I mean, we're comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to get back to you talking to your family about it, like okay. being the one to introduce it into your family. Um, if you ask your family, if, like you say, hey, I'm here if you want to talk. Think about how long it took you to realize what's going on in your own head and what you feel. Mm-hmm. They're that much further behind you. So when you notice something, Start looking for signs that it's similar to how you felt or you were doing similar things when you were down. Mm-hmm. Start looking for those signs and how they might be talking to you. and mm-hmm. ask them questions. Because they're not usually gonna just give that to you on their own. Yeah. So sometimes you do gotta probe. Because
2: them. I was that person. E- exactly. You good? Yeah, I'm sure.
4: <laughs>
3: Absolutely. I'm sure yeah. Ryan, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Even though I was terrible. I was always good. Mm-hmm. So it really takes, like all you got to do is ask somebody how they're doing three times in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, how you doing? Like, good. Like, how you doing? Like, all right. How you doing? And huh. then they get
2: into all it. All right. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. happened, this happened, this happened. Bingo. And even if it's just telling, you get comfortable the more you do it. So even if it's about just telling them how your day went every day. The more comfortable you get, the more you can release, The more, you know, Absolutely. every time.
3: Yep, yep, because you build trust, too. Mm-hmm. When somebody checks up on you like that, like my little brother, I don't check up on him, on him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when there are things that are on my mind that are serious, and it's like this could actually help my brother and I. It's like I need to go ahead and talk to him about this. Then I'll call him, mm-hmm. I'll talk for an hour and a half. And I mean, that's infrequent, probably like once a month maybe. But at the same time, it's the best hour and a half that I could have talked to him. It's mm-hmm. there's it's just getting right into the meat of the conversation, and I get him to be fully honest with me, because he knows that whenever I call him, it's not to waste his time, because he mm-hmm. thinks like you and I do. And it's about something that is possibly beneficial to either me or him. Yes or the family as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that's when when you build that trust with your family, that's when you know you can just get into good conversations. Because there's none of the small talk in the beginning hey, how's your week? And then they'll tell you a few stupid things that happened. Mm-hmm. And you'll just you won't get into the details. Yeah. But once you can once you can peel back past that first layer, the conversations get so much better and the relationships get stronger as a result. Because you're honest with each other. Mm-hmm. And then when you see each other again, they remember the feeling of the honest connection from before. And they get even more excited to see you. So the relationship just does get strong.
2: I think that's how it is with me and my little brother now. So I interviewed him out here. uh, Maybe um, probably he's like episode five or something like that. But once again, our conversations is different now. Mm -hmm. So now when he has a problem, he's fully expressing what is his problem, you know. Like, when he's going back and forth with his pops about something and stuff like that, it's like, it's fully, it's just not like, oh, my pop's on some bullshit, boom, boom, that's it. It's now, this is why I feel this way. This is, because once again, he didn't have to go through the losing of my auntie, our auntie and our grandma. Mm -hmm. He didn't know who they was. So, I don't want him. To be how I was, because I just compressed everything and I was just like, all right, I got to get through school, you know?
3: Yeah. I got shit to handle.
2: I got shit to handle. Yep. I got to make sure my little brother and my mom's is good mentally. Yep. You feel what I'm saying? So now it's kind of like, yes, you lost, we lost our mom. Because how me and my mom are together, they weren't like that. They bumped heads, but they bumped heads because just like I, Bumped heads my mind when I was a teenager. It's because you're a teenager and you think you know everything.
3: Questioning authority, you think you know better. Absolutely. Once yes. again, yes.
2: So, their relationship was was this, but they still loved each other. Yes. So there was no question of that. So I never. So my thing is, I don't want him going through life being. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, regretting what happened between them two oh, as a teenager. You feel what I'm saying? Guilty? The guilt yes. Guilty?
3: Got you. Okay. Yep.
2: Because it's like, bro, it happens with everybody. Everybody. Yes. Everybody. That's, that's the part of growing up. You think you're smarter than what you are when, you, when you're a teenager, and your parent is like, "Bro, I've been through this. No, you're not that smart." But you're not gonna believe them. You're not gonna believe them. You're gonna think they're being just the angry old person trying to take away your fun.
3: Exactly. Yeah. You're just trying to go ahead and ruin my life. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I don't want him to live with regret. Like, man, I lost you know time with my mom because. I'm being an asshole. But it's like, you can't think like that.
3: No. No, no. Because that is, people who love each other fight. Like that struggle is inevitable. Mm-hmm. You think about it, if you're in a relationship and you just don't fight ever, that's an insane relationship to be in. Yes. Because nothing is ever that perfect. There's always <laughs> going to be disagreements of some degree. Mm-hmm. But if you keep coming back, if you can circle back to that person, even after the disagreement, mm-hmm. regardless of the time frame, That still means you love them. Mm -hmm. You're able to circle back. As long as it doesn't destroy the relationship and you don't let it just eat away at it and then you both go your separate ways, Mm -hmm. that's natural. That is friendship. That's family relationships. It's relationships in general. Mm -hmm. It's all of that, man. Me and my friends
2: say some of the worst shit we could say to each other. Of course. But whenever they need me or I need them, they're there. Oh, yeah. But like you say... You need, to, you need to bump heads at some point. For
3: sure. And I think, like, that, like, the roasting of your friends, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's it. Like, especially dudes. Like we're, we're aggressive mm-hmm. more so. Everybody has their own degree of aggression mm-hmm. and like, competitiveness. But, like, that's why we like to roast each other. Because instead of actually fighting it, like, fighting each other and saying mean things and really like mm-hmm. some of feelings, you've got compassion for them. But you still want to make him squirm a little bit because you like him. 100%. It's out of, it's such a weird thing. Mm -hmm. It's out of respect. Ultimately, I'm going to bother you because if you're close to me, I know that annoying things happen in life. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure you can take a little bit of annoyance. And hopefully you can win, you can respond with win. Yes. And like that's when I respect you more. It's
2: like mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. I
3: thought I had you, but that was good. A hundred percent. Yeah, and that builds rapport, man.
2: So like I wanna have that relationship with my little brother. I wanna one day have that, that conversation with my pops where it's like, do you know why our relationship wasn't good for fifteen years? Are we gonna talk about it? Yeah. Yeah,
3: I got to be honest, man. I got the, I have something similar with my dad. It's not. I'm not sure what happened with you, mm-hmm. and dad, but my dad is always. My dad is the most closeted. Like vulnerability is not his strong suit. Mm-hmm. He worked in Department of Corrections his whole life, so I mean, he's just like he's been. He's been kind of conditioned to think the way that. Yeah. I get it. And my dad's had a hard life. Like, my dad's in remission, and he went through a huge cancer episode. He's been locked up for, I mean, locked up at home for yeah. the past year and a half. Compromised immune system. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are conversations that I really, I'm, I keep trying to have. Where I am mm-hmm. trying to ask, like, honest questions. Which I've got there with my mom. Mm-hmm. I got there with my brother. I got there with one of my sisters. Mm-hmm. So it leaves my other sister and my dad. I still can't really have those conversations.
2: Like, I had the conversation with my sister already. There we go. Like, you know, it's, it wasn't you the reason why we didn't have a relationship. There we go. Totally. I love you to death. Yes. Like, uh, you know, it, it was really a gap of me seeing my little sister. But with anything important I have, whether it's my wheel or life insurance or anything, mm-hmm. my little sister's name is on there. My little sister my little brother's name is on there. I don't care if I, I've never talked to you again in my life But you're
5: covered You are covered. Yeah, yeah. You feel what I'm
2: saying yep. So but I had to have that conversation With her like It's not Like I wasn't you know it wasn't you At all and it had nothing to do with you Or your moms or nothing like that. Did you know that like, did... So From me finding out How my relationship is with my pops uh-huh. Her relationship is kind of The same with our pops
3: Ah, okay
2: So, and once again, us not knowing that Maybe She thought like, damn Yes, I have a brother, but Is he possibly on some bullshit? Possibly, you feel what I'm saying? Yep,
5: yep,
2: okay But when we once we opened up And it was like, oh shit, we both had the same problem mm-hmm. That's why We never met in the middle It's because our pops was on bullshit Of course and man,
3: that is see. That's like going back to us talking about having kids. That's a tough part because I never want to be the reason for divide mm-hmm. between people that I bring into this world. Right? Yes, responsibility of bringing in or part in bringing
2: in, into this world. And I, I and I don't want to be like it's all your fault. That's my thing. Cause that's why I need to have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Like, listen. If you was going through something during these times, and you could, and you wasn't able to be the best parent, you wasn't able to be. Okay, yeah. I, I got it.
3: There we go. Yep.
2: But there was no communication there to let me know that. Exactly. You feel what I'm saying? As a
3: kid, how was I supposed to understand the the complex nature of the situation? Yes. I only saw the relationship between you and I. I yes. Had no idea what you did. I didn't know what your office looked like or where you worked. I didn't know who. You friends were outside of this it's like i just knew you as dad and mm-hmm. i knew we had a bad
2: relationship like i don't know your how your relationship was with your pops mm-hmm. uh like i never met my grandfather before he died before i was born so i don't know how their relationship was uh so my thing is like bro how did you expect me to feel you feel what i'm saying like, you know you had a son in high school going through all the things you probably went through in high school. Mm-hmm. So that'd be my, that was, that's literally like my main thing. It's like, bro, going through all the bullshit you went through growing up. You should know how I'm possibly just as a high school or middle schooler. Like, yo, hey bro, come over here. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Our sex talk was, you know what sex is? Yeah, make sure you use condoms.
3: That was mine too, man. That was mine. <laughs> all right, that's all that. I like I had that.
2: my real, the real sex talk with my fucking auntie. No shit. Like my auntie taught me how to talk to girls and shit like that, and that you're supposed to wear cologne. Like
3: that's awesome. That's awesome.
2: Like for real. Like i literally was raised by women. Everything I know, how I think, how I process everything, is from a woman. Mm
3: -hmm. Yep.
2: Everything else I learned on my own. It was just like, (laughs) okay, you feel what I'm saying? For sure. So I never had that conversation with my pops, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say I'm angry at him about it because I turned out well. Yeah. But it's just I need to know where you was at mentally when I was going through these things, and I needed you because what he's gonna say is a phone works both ways. But it's like, bro, no, you're the adult in this situation.
3: Exactly, yeah. We may both be adults having this conversation now. Yeah. But when you were the adult, you had to be the
2: adult. Yeah, so once I hit high school, and I think I called him for something, uh, like some shoes, some money for some shoes or something like that, and that nigga was like, man, no. He basically was just like, no. Hmm. And I was like, oh, all right, and that was it. Like, I never called him to ask him for anything else. In my life. all you needed to know. That It's
3: like, yeah.
2: okay, bro.
4: Yeah.
3: If you feel that way, all right. But man, that's, see, my dad and I, we had a good relationship. Um, and my dad said it specifically because he, like, his dad mm-hmm. was a tyrant. So, he said he wasn't going to do that. Right. So, you're doing that. Like, you're the, like, what my dad did versus what his dad did, like. You are the evolution of that. Mm-hmm. You're now making it better for the next generation of your bloodline. You know? mm-hmm. like, that, that's the important thing about life.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Especially with
3: your parents. like There's a million things that can go wrong, and there's a million things that will go wrong. Yeah. There's some things that will go right, though.
2: A hundred percent.
3: You got to hang on to those things that could like, go Did my wrong.
2: mom get it a hundred percent right? No. But she tried.
3: Exactly. Oh, as long as you try. And you're honest with yourself along the way. Yeah. To be honest with the mistakes that you make. To be like, all right, I fucked up. Like, next time I come up to that situation, I'm going to approach it a little bit
2: different. A hundred percent. So that that has always been my thing. Like, bro, she tried. Yep.
3: I think that's like, because I was raised, my dad was, he was in the house. But mm-hmm. I had a mom and I had two. So, I was raised by women. Too. Mm-hmm. My dad's just like, not listen to your mom and your sisters. Like, that's the whole thing. And, all right, fine. And they just, I mean, I got beat up by my older sister when <laughs> I was real young. Mm-hmm. And I'm Italian and Irish. Mm-hmm. And we're like Sicilian Italian. So, like, it is my blood in the family. So, you've got some feisty women. Just strong, mm-hmm. sharp with their tongues. Mm-hmm. And... I'm glad I was raised by them because mm-hmm. i learned a lot. But my dad was also the strong, silent type to just kind of sit back and be like, listen, it's best if I just don't insert myself. Because like, they're going to tear me to shreds. Yes. Like, so I'm not going to go in Listen, there.
2: I've been women at work all day. <laughs> you, hey, you're on your own. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a man. There, son. Yeah.
3: No, that's exactly what it was. But, like, it's... Everybody has a reason for everything that they do. Mm-hmm. So... Like your pops, whatever he was going through, mm-hmm. you just gotta admit to what he was going through,
2: and that's all I need in that conversation. Closure, man. Closure. If if he was like, bro, listen, bro, financially I didn't have it, and I was going through it, and I was depressed or whatever. I'm sorry, I took it out on you. Like I'm sorry, I made it made it made you feel like it was your problem. And this 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 is clean. Absolutely. It's like, oh, because I decided to make this relationship how it is now, and it was because listen, bro, I lost a parent already. I, I'm not that much of an asshole to be like, fuck. It's still fuck you.
3: Y- yeah, I'm not carrying that weight of my heart, that weight of my conscience. Yeah, There's no way, no. One hundred percent. Yep.
2: Because I've always, I've always looked at everything as tomorrow's not promised. Mm-hmm. So look, listen. I will always love you, you my pop. So, listen, we can restart this. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, that conversation still needs to be had. Yeah. I've had this conversation with my little sister. We are on great... She has a show on my network. No
0: shit.
2: You feel like, part of the girl show? She's part of the girl show. Oh, shit. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um. Once again, my little brother, we have that line of communication now. Uh-huh. So, it's just like, oh, I'm good. Mentally, I'm good with... um. If anything ever happens to me, knock on wood, that it don't. But those those lines of communication is there. Mm -hmm. They listen. Anything you ever had a question about, my brother, Mm -hmm. he he answered it for me. So yeah, I just have to once again, I just have to have that conversation with him. Like, listen, bro, Mm -hmm. if you was going through it and you know you was feeling a certain type of way. Like I don't want to see my son. I don't want to see my my son seeing me this vulnerable. I a thousand percent understand. Yeah, yeah, because it was times where I was broke when I was living on my own or having troubles that I was scared to talk to my mom about. Like I don't want to see her. I, I don't want her to see me in that situation. You
3: don't want to. So you you didn't want to admit your vulnerability. Yeah. Okay. So Absolutely. I like I
2: totally understand. Absolutely. So
3: let's. Yeah. Level with me. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and that's, so, I hope it's not like this. Um, my grandpa just passed away from cancer uh, about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. My mom's dad. Okay. Um, And there, was, there were some conversations they were trying to have with their dad mm-hmm. their whole life. And they couldn't have him with him until he was on his deathbed.
0: Because
4: mm-hmm.
3: they're like, hey, like, before you go, we got to talk about this. Yes. They got, like, they, they got some good conversations out of the way, but it was, mm-hmm. like, they waited till the last minute, like, the very last minute. So, I hope, like, I hope you're respected by your pops enough at this point where you could just approach him. hmm Like, hey.
2: Yeah. Hey, Listen, I, bro, let's go have drinks, and we need to talk.
3: Exactly. Like, this is no anger coming. N- no anger. We I'm can- looking for understanding so I can think about
2: We bought each other Christmas gifts this year, or or last year. There we go.
4: You feel what I'm saying? There we go.
3: It's like, I want this to be fully water under the bridge. So this is the last thing I need to understand before it can be that. Just tell me what happened.
2: Because I'm one of those people, I never want people I'm close with to have negative energy with me. Yes. Like, I I can't live like that. Exactly. At all. So whatever the problem, we, we're going to, whatever it takes, if we got to fight <laughs> to get there, <this, laughs> whatever. Yeah. But I don't want no negative energy between
3: us. There's got to be resolution. Yes. And you can't just keep carrying on like that.
2: 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't live comfortably like that. No. So I'm like that with everybody, my friends, everybody.
3: Have you cut people out of your life because there's been negative energy Negative energy that's the unavoidable?
2: I think the most I've probably cut is, is females.
3: Got you. Okay.
2: But, like, my, my friends that people I'm close with, we've been friends forever. Mm-hmm. Besides Jalen. Like, Jalen and G is, like, my newest of friends. Gotcha, okay. But everybody else I've been friends with, like, for 10 years and, okay. you know, 20 years and stuff like that.
3: You're a loyal person, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you breed that loyalty. That's good, too. Like, that's respectable. There's, I can see that you, you've got a code. On how Mm. you live your life and how you treat people. Mm -hmm. And you only allow people that treat people similar to that into your life. That's Mm -hmm. good. That's good. God, man. Just elevate your network, too.
4: Good for you. Yeah. Because
2: I just, you know, I don't like to talk bad about people. No. (laughs) Why? It does nothing for me.
3: Yeah, It wastes my time, frankly. It's exactly what it is. It's a
2: waste of a conversation.
3: Because, like, if you don't like somebody, that is, if I don't like somebody, that's my problem. Mm -hmm. It's not that person's problem because I don't have to associate with them. Yep. I don't even have to be speaking your name or talking about you. Mm -hmm. But I chose to because I let you annoy me for some reason. If we're going to get along like that, if that's how, like, the relationship's going to be with anybody, Mm -hmm. I tend to just, hey, let's keep it at a distance. I don't want anything negative between us, even if I don't like you. Like, I'd rather just, let's avoid it. You go your way, I'll go mine. Mm -hmm. This doesn't need to be We don't need to know each other. We just happen to. Yep. Yeah, man, it is.
2: Like, that's my thing in relationships is I need communication. Me too. If there's no communication, I can, it's not going to work.
3: Yep. Yep. I need you to, I think that's. A lot of girls get frustrated with dudes. It's like, I need you to tell me, like, I need you to spell it out for me how you feel.
2: 100 like, percent
3: Because I, I can't just guess. Mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly how I feel, but I'm not going to play this game of tiptoeing around it and trying to pretend like I know what you want.
2: We were having this conversation about buying gifts. Uh-huh. And my thing is, listen, tell me what you want. <laughs> I, listen, I want to get it for you. I will get it for you. Yeah. As long as you tell me what you want exactly, do not make me play this guessing game of what you might want or something you said six months ago. I barely remember stuff I did yesterday. Yeah. So yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: listen, you have to be put everything on a table with me. Yep. You have to, because And, and I'm a deer in headlights
3: for sure. But I want to treat you well. Yes. Like I want to get you something. Sorry, I don't have a list of things that I can get you to <laughs> love like right now. And that's, that's that's it with me too, man. Like I, I want to treat. I wish I could be that good, where I could just know what you want and surprise you with it. Mm-hmm. But i sorry if that's one of my fault. If that's one of my flaws, the <laughs> fact that I just don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. All the
4: time.
3: And that's. Women's attention to detail is so much different than uh, men's attention to detail is. Yes, I mean you can, I, you can be just as good as at paying attention to detail, but women pay attention to a whole different set of details
4: mm-hmm. than
2: men do. It's like they look at it in three D, four D, man. Yeah, it
3: is. Yeah, it. It's one hundred percent. They see things that you don't, mm-hmm. and they'll let you walk into traps. And then when you get out, of, when you walk into the trap, they're like, "Oh yeah, I saw that." Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for the heads up.
2: That's exactly what it is, man.
3: Grown up with women, man. You, uh, you learn a lot.
2: You yeah. Know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Shit, this was a great conversation,
3: dude. Um, I think we just scratched the surface with uh, what we want to get into. I think this was good too. Yeah. You want to do this again?
2: We could definitely do this again.
3: Man, I live five minutes. From
2: Straight up what you... Well, we'll it talk after. Yeah, but, yeah. This this is great. And it's needed. It is. And it's needed, like, beyond just us two talking. It's like, everybody needs to be able to be in a situation where they're able to talk yes. and let things out.
3: Yes, and I think that is... The honest conversations are recharging. Mm. Soul recharging.
4: Because mm-hmm.
3: that... T- like, you actually get to be honest. Find somebody, find somebody that you can be honest with, mm-hmm. and that you can also listen to them. Mm-hmm. Like it is just as important to express your honest feelings as it is to listen to people well. Because it is when somebody's making progress and somebody's actually talking about something that's mm-hmm. like, personal to them. Don't take that from them. Don't compare it to something that happened to you. Don't compare it to something that happened to you in your past. Yep. Let them get it out. And then once they talk through it, then you can go ahead and be like, oh, well, I had something similar here. Mm-hmm. But don't try to overshadow that. Like, really, you build that kind of trust. Because, like, Jalen, whenever Jalen and I talk, it's it's like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he and I met each other in very similar situations. Uh, we had just gotten out of... Messy relationships. Mm-hmm. We were both depressed. and We had no idea because he and I handle things similarly. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Cool. Like, cool. It's it. Mm-hmm. It the same demeanor every time. But there's been so much honest conversation between us just about, like, who we are and how we think about things. It helps you make sense of the world. Yeah. Because then you really refine and understand who you are. Once you verbalize the things that are going on, like, whether it's the dark thoughts in your head or it's like the pit in your stomach, once you mm-hmm. verbalize that, less power is given to either of those feelings.
2: And it's like, yes, I, I can, because another thing I found that it really didn't work, but it kind of did. Mm-hmm. So while I wasn't doing podcasting, theoretically I was doing podcasts. So I would record an episode.
3: By yourself? By myself. Okay, okay.
2: I will record an episode by myself and be like, whoop, this shit was trash. I'm not ready to come back. <laughs> That's a good trial and though. It's a good way to
3: test yourself, man. Yeah, but like, I, I love knowing people's creative outlets. Like, mine is, mine's more writing. Mm-hmm. I write my thoughts down and mm-hmm. then when I can actually write it down and visualize it, then it's like I'm having, I'm actually having a conversation with myself mm-hmm. rather than just letting go in my head I can actually wrangle my thoughts in Mm -hmm. and there's some stuff that I write I'm like that's good and there's some stuff that I write I'm like what the fuck is that that is some some bullshit (laughs) you don't believe that that's not how you feel yeah yeah, that happens man (laughs) so
2: yeah like all through the summer I would record a podcast when we was taking a break Mm -hmm. and I'm like yo this shit is bad and being honest it may have been good
3: Depending on the mind frame that you were in, the mentality that you were in.
2: Like, somebody could listen to that like, yo, this shit is hilarious. What is wrong with you? But to me, it was trash. Ah, And I was not comfortable with coming back doing podcasts. You
3: you are your biggest critic when you're in that kind of mindset. A
2: thousand percent. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, before even we took the break, I was thinking, like, yo, I don't think the show is good anymore. Like, the spark we had, I don't think we got it no more. Yep. And people will be like, yo, no. The show is still good. Get the people
3: that listen. Yeah, know. yeah. But
2: me personally, it would be like...
3: When you get that when you're that close to the thing, man, and you work on it that hard every day, mm-hmm. it's easy to
2: lose sight of. You're your biggest critic.
3: Absolutely, you are. You're, never, you're not going to be your biggest fan. Because mm-hmm. Once you start looking, like, when you listen to a song over and over and over again, you start hearing different parts of the song. Every You discover something new. Yep. So you hear it a different way. It's never going to be the same song the first time you heard it. Mm-hmm. You keep picking up on different things. And you become more critical of it. Yep. Because you understand the components. And you're
4: like, wow,
2: mm-hmm.
3: that might have been better here or this
2: here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or you might listen to somebody else's podcast like, ah, damn, we not, we, we not on this level. And then you instantly, it's, if if I'm not on that level, then this shit is is shit.
3: Exactly. but You could have listened to just one good episode. From one that. good episode. Absolutely. Yeah, and you could have just had a bad episode. Yeah. That's why it's not fair to compare yourself to anyone else.
2: That's literally why I don't listen to podcasts.
3: Yep, that's fair.
2: Like, I I listen to... I will look at a Joe Rogan interview, depending on who's he interviewing, mm-hmm. or when he have his MMA show. Yep. I look at that because I love MMA. Me too. But... uh. I look at Joe Buttons every now and then, but other than that, I will not look at a podcast or listen to a podcast because it it interferes in your creative process.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Just like comedians or songwriters, if you listen to too much of other people's music Mm -hmm. or if you listen to too many other people's jokes, Mm -hmm. at some point, you're going to take something that you heard, like unknowingly, put it in your song or put it into your joke. And that wasn't your thought. Yep. I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. To be in that zone, you really got to, you got to have the time to spend alone and you got to like to spend the time alone.
4: hmm Just
3: let it flow. And you're
2: like, bam, idea, chase yep. it. There we go. Yep. Because when you got a clear mind, you're, you're hearing stuff at what it is. So I, like me having a clear mind, I knew that these last maybe five episodes was sloppy. And I may have just listened to a part of it that was just sloppy. But in my head, it's, it's sloppy. The whole so thing sloppy. The yep. whole thing That's is different. sloppy to me. So now, I'm just going to put structure to it. There we go. Yep. And like, I literally, this was probably like the first time in a long time where I was like, this is going to be a great episode. There we go. And we, we recorded earlier, and I was like. We got it. We got it.
3: So really what you notice is you think the whole thing's sloppy because you're in your critical mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess this is it. You think the whole thing is sloppy, but really you realized it just lacks structure. It lacks, yep. That's all it is. That's all it was. But you called it sloppy mm-hmm. across the board. It's yep. like, nah, this just could have a little bit better structure. Mm-hmm. That's the important distinction, man. When you are in a mindset like that where you might be a little more down than you usually are, mm-hmm. that voice in your head is, is much more critical and much more mean. Mm-hmm. It is. This episode's shit. Yeah. Instead of, hey, there could be more structure. It's like writing an essay,
2: and you may have fucked up on one paragraph. Instead of uh, the teacher just marking on that one paragraph, yo, just redo this one paragraph. And it's a perfect essay. Yep. They just uh bought it up and threw it at you like, I need this whole thing redone. <laughs> Cool, I got to start
3: from scratch. Okay, none of it was good. Mm. All right, it's exactly what it is, yeah. I'm the teacher that just, yeah, underlines the little, yeah. little in red mm-hmm. circles it. Hey, yes. reword this. It's like, cool, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Because you are, you are your own teacher. Like, that voice in your head, that's your future self talking to you mm-hmm. in a weird way. It's like, hey, no, you're aiming at something. Like You are better than this. To get where you want to go, you are better than this. Right? hmm but depending on where you personally are mentally, it can be like, hey, you're better than this. Or it can be like, hey, you're shit. Like, you suck. This yep. Is, you're not good at what you think you're good at. It can get that dark. But it can also be that kind of nudging voice. It's like, hey, you can do better here. and You know
2: it. Yep. and that, that. That's exactly what it was. It was like, yo, you could put out better products. And not to be cocky, I feel we have one of the best podcasts in the world. Shit. But I have to feel that way. Fair. I yes. have to feel that way to continue to keep going. I feel if you put us against and making a podcast and recording a podcast, put us against everybody. And I'm talking a full show. Me, Alex, Jalen, possibly Lamaria, depending on what day it is. Okay. We could go against anybody uh-huh. and put out just as much quality as anybody else. No shit. We just have to be focused.
3: Okay. And you know what, man? That is, if you got people on your side that you know you can rely on, of course
4: you can mm-hmm. feel that way.
3: And You should feel that way. But it's like, hey, I need you dialed in. I need mm. you dialed in. Exactly. I'm going to be dialed in. I wouldn't ask you to mm-hmm. be dialed in if I wasn't ready to bring it. That That's huge, man. That's awesome.
2: But I gotta. Ha- I have that feeling because if I didn't have that feeling, I would stop doing the show. I'd be like, okay. Fuck yeah. we doing this shit for?
3: We're better than 50% of the people out there. Yeah. It's like cool. That's a lot of fun. Then why are we doing yeah.
2: this? I feel we have a great product here. It's just, you know, when that right person find it or whatever. However we get on, mm-hmm. I feel once we're on like Jalen is he's one of the most interesting people in the world. Right? Like the uh the Dose case dude. <laughs> Jalen could be the next one. (laughs) He and I always drink Dos together, too. That's hilarious. Yes.
3: Whenever we drink beer, it's usually that. Yeah. He is. He's such an interesting dude. Such an interesting dude. And frankly, your whole group of friends Mm -hmm. is just interesting people. Yeah. Like, when I came over here, I knew none of you other than Mm Jalen. I kicked it on the patio. Dylan Coops is here. Mm -hmm. But I knew nobody else. It was just interesting conversation. Everybody was with one another. You can mm-hmm. tell everybody's an individual. Yes. You don't have people trying to shine off somebody else and like being a, like a scaled down version of somebody else. Mm-hmm.
2: Like or being extra shit like that. It's just, yeah. It's a barbecue. <laughs> yes. Be yourself.
3: When you can chime in, do it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. man, And that's why it's good to surround yourself with people that are formidable, interesting. They've got character to them. Mm-hmm. Jalen's got that. Yeah, and 100%. the bucket load. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I don't want to run this on too long. It, For sure. Listen, man, if you want, like, I would be very interested in doing something like this again, especially okay. like this kind of conversation or wherever you want to take it. 100%. I think we got some good, we've got a good dynamic when we can talk about
2: this stuff. For sure. So, on that note, that is episode 12 of Sophisticated Ignorance. Uh, would you like to let them know where they can find you at, or? Ryan
3: Jeremy. Instagram J E R E M E. Drop the Y.
2: You can find me at Prince underscore McFly. Drop the Y at the ei the dot com. On that note, we are out.
3: Had to do the drop the Y.
2: <laughs> That's all I have.
3: <laughs>